Hello. Welcome back to Bush History. You are listening to my fifth podcast in my series reviewing AP American History. The time period is 1872 to 1901. This podcast was originally a YouTube video and is still available on YouTube under Bush History. This podcast is a little different in that you may hear other voices in the background as this was actually recorded during a live review session after the AP exam. My uh, AP class cooperated to serve as a live audience so we could go through some of these things. Anyway, if you like additional information, you can go to my website, www.bushhistory.net, that's B-U-S-C-H-I-S-T-O-R-Y.net, or you can look us up under YouTube. I hope you enjoy it. Are we ready? Welcome back. We are going to start with the year 1872 in Bush history land, and we're going to walk through from 1872 to 1901, explaining cause and effect, consequences, and anything that may be specific about this. So here we go. What is significant, ladies and gentlemen, about President Grant being re-elected in 1872? Can I get a volunteer from the group? And now I get dead silence. I love it. You turn on the camera and people get quiet. Loud as you can be, Cameron. Uh, despite all of the scandals that was going on during Grant's presidency, people still liked him and were willing to re-elect him. What political party was Grant part of? Do you remember? He was a Republican. What was one of the scandals? Grant Mulvey. Good. Okay, so now we move along. In 1876, with the whole idea of Alexander Graham Cracker's telephone. What does the telephone do to society? It shows that technology is improving and allows for better communication. Sure, and what group of people are going to get a lot of jobs out of it? Women. Women. And women like you with large mouths. Anyway, so now, in the same exact year, we get Little Big Horn. What is Little Big Horn all about? It shows that in the, uh, American Indians are willing to fight back. Yes, also known, by the way, by another name. Custard's, Custard's last name. Custard's last name. And when I was a little kid, I thought it was Custard. I really thought that's where ice cream came from. Everyone did. Did you really? Yeah. There was actually an ice cream stand in my neighborhood called Custard's Last Stand, and I just kind of, you know. I was intelligent and knew that that was not what it was. Yeah, it was one of them. <laughs> anyway, let's keep going. So now, in 1877, Reconstruction comes to an end when who becomes president of the United States? Rutherford B. Rutherford B. Hayes. He beat Samuel Tilden, even though Samuel Tilden actually won the election, but didn't get the popular, didn't get the enough electoral votes. What did Hayes promise? He promised to end reconstruction, and he did. And we also get Munn versus Illinois, because now the government started to get involved a little bit. Yannicka, as loud as you can, Yannicka, what does Munn versus Illinois do? It upheld the Warehouse Act of 1873, saying that states have the power to impose regulations about storage rates. Exactly. So now we're going to start to regulate business to a point. Then we're going to get the light bulb in 1879. I think we get to significance. But what city is the first city to be completely electrified for light bulbs. Standard Oil Trust, different from the founding of Standard Oil, in 1879, John D. Rockefeller establishes the Standard Oil Trust. How is the trust different from just Standard Oil? Well, the trust is when he gains control of all like, the little oil companies, and Standard Oil is his actual company. Exactly. Does anybody remember the term used for the combination of those companies? Corporation. Horizontal integration or horizontal combination, both work. All right. Uh, big businesses is growing. We're getting time zones as a result of now being able to go across the country on railroads. 
Why do we need to do that? Why do we need time zones? Loud. Because with time zones, they allow us for easier scheduling with transportation of goods. Cool. Anybody know how many time zones in the United States? Four. Four time zones in the United States. Which one do we live in? Eastern. 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 So it's five to nine in New York. What time is it in California? Five to six. Anyway, oh. let's, let's keep going. And the penalty to that. What caused the penalty to that, China? Uh, the assassination of James Garfield. And what does it do? It sets up civil service exams for workers. Cool. Loving this stuff. Haymarket, what union comes to an end as a result of the Haymarket riot? Nice Why? Because um, they were blamed for causing it as being and being um, anarchists. Exactly. And out of the ashes of the Knights of Labor comes old Sam Gompers. He starts the American Federation of Labor. Going to be a lot more successful. Why? Only they only skilled white laborers. Skilled white laborers. Very racist. Very efficient. But still very racist. <laughs> well, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Still exists today, by the way, but it's not racist anymore, fortunately. In any case, so in 1887, on the heels of Mon, we're going to get the Interstate Commerce Act. What does that set up? Interstate Commerce Commission. It sets up the Interstate Commerce Commission, which does what? Regulates interstate commerce. Regulates interstate commerce. Specifically regulating what, Heather? Railroads. Railroads. Because that's what's conducting interstate commerce. All right, so now moving along, we're going to get the Dawes Act. Hmm. Uh, almost on the heels of Little Bighorn, the Dawes Act, in 1887, about 10 years later, what does that do? It, it loudly organizes the Indians into territories based on... And what does it take away? Reservations. It takes away reservations. You will be a farmer. Gives them a cow or a bull, but not both. Kind of weird, isn't it? If you think about it, what does it do to the culture? Destroys the culture. Destroys the culture. So then, moving forward a little bit, we're going to get the Sherman Antitrust Act in 1890. The same year Ellis Island opens and we shift from the old immigration to the new immigration to be dealt with in a second. What does the Sherman Antitrust Act do? It is, it is supposed to be used to restrict trust and limit their power. However, due to warning, the courts use it to limit and weaken unions. Bingo, what is the difference between the new immigrants and the old immigrants? Where they're from. Where they're from. So if you're a new immigrant, where are you from? Southern Eastern Europe. Southern Eastern And where do you have to go through now? Ellis Island. So Ellis Island, not really a welcoming center? No. It's a gate. It's a gate. It's to keep immigrants out. Because the wealthy don't have to go through Ellis Island. Only the poor people do, and they can only get through if they have a way to take care of themselves here and if they are healthy. So now, in 1890, we also get Wounded Knee and the Ghost Dance. What is that all about? Does anybody remember? The Sioux Indians. Wow. Sioux Indians. And what are they doing? They're protesting because their land is being taken away. They're protesting because the land is being taken away. And what causes the slaughter of Wounded Knee? Uh, an old Indian accident files off his rifle. A shot is fired during one of these ghost dances and the slaughter occurs. And who's killed the wounded name? Sitting Bull. Sitting Bull is killed with wounded name. Okay. We also had the Sherman Silver Purchase Act in the early 1890s, the end of 1890, beginning of 1891. Sherman Silver Purchase Act, who was purchasing the silver? Government. The government. How much are they purchasing? All of it. Everything the mines can produce leads to the overproduction of silver, which leads to the devaluation of guess what? Money. The devaluation of money, because now we're into this whole bimetallism thing.
So the whole idea in 1892 with the Homestead Strike is this idea, can a company town actually survive? And Carnegie goes off to Europe, and he leaves Frick, and Henry Frick decides that let's cut the wages, and let's not cut the costs of housing, and let's not cut the cost of food. And it leads to this huge homestead strike, and the Pinkertons are ultimately brought in to bring the strike to a close. Right after that, we have the repeal of the Sherman Silver Purchase Act. So what a terrible idea. Terrible idea to turn, exactly, exactly. Terrible idea to turn it around and let's buy all the silver the miners can produce because you have this flood of silver in society. And this flood of silver is going to completely devalue the currency, leading to all kinds of economic problems in the 1890s. Uh, in 1896, best known for three things, this is the election of William McKinley against William Jennings Bryan. Of course, William McKinley, backed by big money, wins. Bryan loses. And that is actually an end to populism as we know it in the United States. It'll be picked up shortly thereafter, if we're aware of that. And also, this is the famous Plessy versus Ferguson case about segregation on public transportation, which the Supreme Court turns around and upholds the idea that segregation can be legal as long as it is equal. That's called the separate but equal doctrine. And that occurs in 1896. So now, McKinley's in charge. The Great White Fleet is being built. Alfred Mahan has written Sea Power. And we're going to see if we can get involved in world affairs. And that leads directly to the Spanish-American War, in which we pretend to free Cuba from Spanish domination. Of course, if we're really freeing Cuba from Spanish domination, why do we attack the Philippines first and Cuba last? And this is, you know, Hurston is involved in this, and Pulitzer is involved in this, and we have a whole remember the main thing, and the whole Galon letter, and it turns out that what we're really trying to do is we're trying to gain colonies. During the same time, we will have Hawaii and the overthrow of Queen Liliuokalani, and uh, Sanford B. Dole becoming the first president of the Republic of Hawaii, asking to be annexed by the McKinley administration. And Queen Liliuokalani having a fit and saying, no, no, we don't want to be annexed. And McKinley basically not listening to the whole situation. And Hawaii will become annexed by the United States in 1898 and become a territory. So we move forward with this successful William McKinley as President of the United States. We're on an imperialist stage. But in 1901, this is all going to come to an end. In the election of 1900, William McKinley, running for re-election now, picks Teddy Roosevelt, the hero of the Battle of San Juan Hill, and the hero of the Spanish-American War, to be his running mate. Because Teddy Roosevelt has a big mouth. And with his big mouth, he is he's speaking all of these progressive ideas. So. Let's make him Vice President of the United States where he'll simply shut up and be quiet. So McKinley picks Roosevelt to be Vice President of the United States. McKinley wins in 1900, and in 1901, McKinley is assassinated. Well, now what happens is we have the Republicans' worst nightmare. We have Teddy Roosevelt as President of the United States, and we're going to launch into the whole progressive era with Roosevelt as President. And that progressive era will actually go all the way through until the end of Woodrow Wilson's presidency 